podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Andy, of yes. podcasting. Okay. So are you. You sprung it on me. Yeah. What you? What are you doing? You just open up I'm your getting laptop. Myself situated. And you have a CD drive on that laptop. I just heard that wake up. I know. What is going on? And why are you using a laptop from? I don't know. I'm living in a in from a the prior, Constitution class. I'm living in a prior era where I'm, I have to. Um, I have to hold on to my CDs. Did you make your notes in inside that old timey laptop? I did. Oh my god! I gave it a little crank. Uh huh. And then I. Uh, Do you have a tiny coal shovel? Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. I have a little bundle stick that I <laughs> keep my belongings in. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Let's see. There they are. There where all my notes are. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra. I'm Andrew Secunda. We are off and running with the amazing response from you people. A lot of you downloaded this podcast, and thank you. So nice. Hope you continue to download it, because really, we need to become so popular that someone gives us a TV show based on this podcast. So we can be true. It, it would be Star Trek. <laughs> That would be this. That would be the this, the TV show they would give us, yeah. right? I feel like that's how they do it. Everyone's getting TV shows based on their podcasts. Let's give these Star Trek guys a pod a TV based on their podcast. So you're not even looking for talking no. Star Trek. No, I want them to give us a Star Trek. Well, I don't dispute that. That would be amazing. <laughs> so uh, any of the Star Trek Discovery people are out there? I hear Brian. Fuller. Fuller left. He did. He's not involved anymore. They're so shooting. They're beginning shooting. They're probably January. looking for co-showrunners right now. January twenty fourth, they begin shooting. Uh, and if That'd they haven't exciting. figured out their showrunning situation by now, I have little to no hope for that program. <laughs> I don't know, but I think they figured it out. There got to be little moments where starships don't have captains. Sure. <laughs> yeah, there are. But someone takes command always. Right. Well, that's where we come in. Uh, we're in. We're into season two of Star Trek. I mean, we're in the episode two of the series past the uh, far point of no return uh and did you what did you think just what was your overall thought on the episode in looking back on it yeah uh oh the, on the new one yeah sorry i thought you were going back to far point i was no. like this is a strange podcast <laughs> now let's go again to far point the pilot um i uh well i know there's a lot of there's a lot of sturm and drang about this episode, and 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 is is sort of heralded even by by many of the people involved as one of the worst episodes. Um, I think that Will Wheaton has said it's a it's a terrible episode. It's and, a it's certainly bizarre. and Jonathan Frake says it's the worst episode they've ever done. Really, <laughs> that's my understanding. He might have gone back on that. Hey, Will Wheaton gave it a D plus in a review. Oh, a D plus is not. Um, That's not a failing grade, but I gotta say, That's a failing grade. Uh, it's certainly nothing to nothing to brag about. <laughs> I am right now looking for 
the article on memory alpha. But uh, my uh, my overall feeling is uh, I thought it was, and maybe it's just coming off of the pilot mm-hmm. because the pilot is so slow, and there's such weird, particularly in terms of the crisis, there's such a weird. Like, what's going on? Everybody's just chilling (laughs) while everyone is in danger. They had a ticking clock that never stopped. The star was going to explode. Everybody was going crazy on the ship. It was really some of the weirdest. It's the weirdest Star Trek I've ever watched. That I will not dispute. It is a batshit episode. It was bizarre. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, let's, let's, let's jump in to episode technically episode three of star trek the next generation the naked now season one season fun is more like it <laughs> i'm gonna say that every episode <laughs> what do we got 24 more to go yeah that's it captain's log let's just listen to captain's log 1209.2 we are running at warp seven to rendezvous with the science vessel ss Tsiolkovsky which has been routinely monitoring the collapse of a red supergiant star into a white dwarf. What has brought us here is a series of strange messages indicating something has gone wrong aboard the research vessel. Okay. We're going to visit a science research vessel and are they are, are the messages that are that something we should probably play the we should probably play the vaguely erotic messages. Sure. I was actually wondering if we could track yeah. down whose voices those oh, are. Oh, boy. <laughs> S.S. Tsiolkovsky, repeat your message. Well, hello, Enterprise. Welcome. I hope you have a lot of pretty boys on board, because I'm willing and waiting. In fact, we're going to have a real blowout here. Do it! Yeah, go ahead! Woo! <laughs> Sounds like someone just fired off a shotgun, which I think would have been more interesting than someone blowing up the hatch. <laughs> I just replicated a shotgun, everybody. <laughs> Check so it out. Uh, so they're hearing this. The It sounds like... First of all, the main premise of this episode is that whatever this disease is, and maybe I'm jumping the story a little bit. In fact, I am jumping the story a little bit. We'll talk to that. We'll talk more to this when we get to where they start to understand the thing. So they have to rendezvous with this starship. They have to beam over. And, you know, I just, you know, as a thought from a captain's standpoint, Mm -hmm. something goes horribly wrong on the ship. You don't know what it is. Seems like everybody's a little whacked out of their mind. Are you going to send everybody over in in bare clothing? Just no. going over in their own clothes? Why wouldn't they go over in a quarantine outfit? That's totally valid. And I don't think that they did that even in the original they did. the original series. They would they would be in quarantine outfits and go over. But in the Naked Time did they do that? Uh, which this one is I don't remember is uh, <laughs> oh you is, see this I would say, say, no, this was based called, on this was called the from. Uh, Naked Now you see that's no, like, I how know, it's different that's right. yeah, that was, it's not the Naked yeah. Time right I mean now it's in the past for us so it'd be the Naked <laughs> Then but the um, uh, yeah that's uh, that is a valid point I don't think they did it in either series although I think Kirk was a little more like oh this guy's acting weird let's quarantine Let's quarantine him immediately. Whereas even after they come back and Jordy starts yeah. acting weird, 
They're very lax. And their idea of quarantine is just telling Jordy to stay here. Jordy, stay here. (laughs) All right, Captain, he's under quarantine. We've told him to sit here. (laughs) We've told the person who's not in control of all of his faculties to stay in one place. Yeah. Uh, So when they come upon the ship, it's it's an interesting-looking vessel. It's uh, got one warp nacelle, a crew of 80 people. Well, I thought I I assumed that was the warp nacelle, and those are the impulse engines. The nacelles are always the thing on top, aren't they? The little not in necessarily in any. Let's see what the Sarkovsky was. I'm gonna consult the greatest the website. The Sarkovsky, Matt. The Sarkovsky. <laughs> I kept uh, listening to it. So I was like, what a a, a difficult word for to a NCC five three nine one one. While you're saying uh, that, can I ask, did, did they do a, uh, an overhaul on Data's look in between the pilot and the second episode? Because he looks a little weirder in this opening shot of him. No, like His eyes looks, are greener or something. He, he The contact lenses might be colored differently, but he does, his idea of playing up an android early on is very much wide-eyed, open-mouthed. Right. And that's how he does it. You're saying just in all of these early episodes. Yeah. He, seems, he, he attempts to be more robotic than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an O'Birth class Federation starship. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but it was used exclusively for the study of astronomical phenomenon and gathering data. Mm. Didn't do a ton. It was the first scene in Star Trek 3, then again in Star Trek 6. I can't tell if the... Not that exact Oh, ship. the Pegasus was an O'Birth class. Right. Do you remember the Pegasus? What that's from know. a later episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. You'll get no, there. No, I one don't. Day. Uh, I will say one of the uglier uh, Federation class starships. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an odd looking. It just looks like that. It's an odd. Duck. It looks like the disc part could fall off at any point. Yeah, and the bottom. I guess that's the cargo area, the science lab area down below here. Got to be really irritating to go on the elevator rides between the upper decks and lower decks. And yeah, thing. you got to go all the way out to the nacelle, then down into the star. Oh, jeez, I forgot my keys. Oh. I'm gonna be back in like an hour and a half, guys. You just just hang out. I'll I'll be back. I know it's only 13 decks, but it's very poorly designed. <laughs> uh, also, there's only 80 people on there, by the way. Yeah, that must be very tiny. It seems like not. A, there's only 13 decks. Those people must have been getting on each other's nerves. Yeah. So then we beam over, and when we see the ship, it's just essentially the Enterprise with clothes strewn about. Right. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the the uh, the set design uh, people or the prop yeah. people, their their take on all right, there has to be chaos. This was the greatest party ever. All right, panties. And swirly straw glasses. <laughs> Those are it. That's everywhere. Not enough swirly straw glasses. More of them in there. And then they give Data this line uh, where he would describe, he said, does he say what a, humans would call a wild party? Uh-huh. That sounds familiar. It's, I don't know. I, I just don't care for this early Data version. <laughs> let's, let's see if we can hear this. Indications of what humans would call a wild party. Your <laughs> freaks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they wrote it. You read it. Yeah. I will say freaks um, annoying the crap out of me in that pilot episode. 
uh, he's the he's the grounding force in this one. Oh, he really comes around real quick, huh? It's interesting that he. Are we getting into the thing? Or are you well, into what wait. thing? Into the disease? I guess everybody knows. We've already said, guys. He's spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> You've already watched the episode. I'm Commander sure. Riker is the first officer. I don't advise you listening to these podcasts as going, your primer for and then the going episode. back and watching. That'd be a terrible idea. Seems like that's not very much fun. You're right. <laughs> so fuck it. So this disease that gets them drunk. <laughs> yes. Quote unquote drunk. It's interesting to see everyone's behavior when drunk. And because in Starfleet, apparently, right. it seems like when you get a crew of, of Federation officers drunk, they all just want to fuck. It, they've got a lot of stuff pent up. That is it's insane. Got a lot of issues to work out. You a know, a lot of weird things come when, out, which I'm gonna get to later. When they're on the Psychopsky, uh they come into that room of the frozen room, which is not explained at all right. as to why that room is frozen. Dudes, um, let's go in here and turn it cold. <laughs> <laughs> let's get naked, but also make it cold. <laughs> I'll lay here. No one's actually in the middle of intercourse. No. They're all just sitting around staring at nothing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody uh, else is going crazy. These people were just lying around. Foley artist doing a great job. Really sounds like he's stepping on snow. Those two are lying in bed, fully clothed, yeah, not engaging in anything. <gasps> a lady fell out of the shower. In uniform. Big tip right there. Yeah. In uniform. That's the sound that this show plays to let you know that someone has caught the disease. Right. And also, uh, LeVar Burton's meaningful look at his hand. Well, I mean, that makes a lot more sense than this sound. The The transmission of the disease in this episode is that no one has ever touched each other on a Starfleet crew the way that everyone touches each other oh, in this episode. It's bananas. <laughs> Like, the way that Riker gets Beverly's attention just, is like, let me slide Beverly. your hair away and touch the nape of your neck. I'm just going to touch the one spot on your uniform where, where your skin is exposed. exposed. Not your hand. Right. Not your hand. No. Your, the nape of your neck. Yep. Uh, so, Riker, let's see, LaForge, I have this. LaForge, it's also weird, too, that LaForge is, I'm just bothered that they're all so freely touching everything in the in, in, the, in on, the contaminated the ship. sure it doesn't make any sense to me yeah it also where's riker there's a line of rikers that i find just bizarre oh this is this is the checkup section i'd have to write you up in a starfleet medical textbook i'm already listed in several biomechanical texts doctor yes of course you're next lieutenant Okay, warning sign number one when you're watching a television program. You see story by two people, teleplay by one person. It's probably a mess. That was not a standard thing for Star Trek, that it was just we're splitting it all up? Uh, for the I mean, next generation, right? To get story by and then tele... It's just... That's too many. Yeah. It's too much. I love that sound. It is satisfying. Normal all across. Except, why are you perspiring, Lieutenant? 
I suppose because you have it too hot in here. What else would it be? Doesn't sound like you, Jordy. <laughs> well, well, maybe it's not. Maybe she threw her voice. Hey, it was a joke. Of course. But I would like to run uh, one or two more tests on you, Lieutenant. <sighs> okay, immediately put a quarantine force field around him. Yeah, uh, 100%. Like, come on. I mean, my take on uh, on that moment is uh, the the biggest worry sign is uh, he he makes a really a terrible joke, and yeah. then he's angry that, that they didn't get it. That they didn't get it, and that to me is an indication of the most dangerous disease, which is you think you're funny and you're not. Funny. Oh no! Yeah, that's the worst one you could have. Yeah. Uh, let's this scene where Riker puts it together half puts it together he's using let's take a listen he's using data okay like a drunk person uses google doctor i don't know yet here he goes data i need help in locating some library computer information specific sir all i have is a vague memory of reading somewhere about someone taking a shower in his or her clothing oh the body geordie discovered well i believe it may have happened before to someone, somewhere. This ought to be easy for someone written up in biomechanical texts. About that, sir. Did the doctor believe I was boasting? Probably. This may take some time. At least several hours. But what I said was a statement of... <laughs> That's his thing. I have a vague memory of reading about someone taking a shower while fully clothed. Sure. <laughs> you can find that. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's also what is the distinction between how, how data processes data and how the ship's computer processes the information? Well, I mean, can't they? Can it tell? Can't you tell the computer to cross-reference this with this and see if you can come up with something? Or it doesn't understand. No, you should be able to do that pretty easily. But you like, can't have a conversation that you can show on television. It'd be like searching in your. Email for like shower clothed. Well, I have to assume in the 24th century it's a little bit more advanced than that. Yes, but yeah. I think in 1987 when they wrote this, right, they were that like they uh, couldn't even imagine, couldn't imagine a world where you could cross reference. It is interesting. And then later in the episode, there is something when they finally find it. They say, "Download the information to to uh, to sick bay." Yeah, and I thought, I wonder if that was so new. That that was like a thing. Like, ooh, we can we can download the information to somewhere else on the ship, uh, <laughs> or not. <laughs> so you know, data is looking at the information. LaForge clearly has whatever the disease is, and mm. they quarantine him. But by quarantine him, what they actually do is leave him alone in the sick bay with no nurses or doctors. Yeah. While Crusher goes into her office. And then he just wanders off into into nothingness. Yes. Jordy. And that's how she tries to solve the problem. I will like say going out into the hallway and yelling, Jordy. <laughs> yeah, I will say really enjoy the. Uh, they brought up all of the the original series type dramatic stings, and it really is satisfying. Oh, I love it. It's it's crazy. I think we should have stings like that whenever we either of us <laughs> says anything <laughs> of note. 
Um, uh, just to go back for a second, uh, yeah. 618. 618. That's way back. Let's do it. I'm sorry. No, don't worry about it. Here we are, 618. Any theory, Doctor? Anything? Madness? Mass hysteria? Delusion? Any or all, Captain. Okay, you can pause it. <laughs> what is with Troy on the ship? <laughs> What is the purpose of Troy? <laughs> She's there as a useful, you know, this is a diplomatic ship. You know, uh-huh. it's often gone to make first contact. Sure. So I find Troy to be very useful in that scenario where she can sense the emotions of the people that Picard is trying to open diplomatic relations with. And to go, these people are bad news. They go, oh boy, this guy is no good. I will say that that... That response, first of all, he's asking Beverly, who's the one with the medical training, why Troy is standing between them. I got to only have Here's to assume is I we got to find something for I've Troy to say assumed, in the episode. I've always assumed that Troy's a doctor. Oh, interesting. I've always assumed that she's a, a psychiatrist, where she had to go to medical school before she went to therapeutic training. I see. So she can prescribe. She can she prescribe. She can prescribe. Bike it in. She can, she can, she can <laughs> get you fucking hooked up at 10 forward. <laughs> And I, I I feel like that she is in this situation. She's like, well, listen, I'm I'm a doctor too. I did this right. medical school stuff, but because he says basically, give me a guess, tell me anything. Yeah. Beverly shrugs, and she goes, any and all, Captain. Which to me reads almost like a classic therapist. Like, well, what do you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's good at. She's good at uh, assessing what you want to hear. Sure. So yeah. Let's talk about Wesley's... Oh, yeah, let's go to this. Let's talk about the scene where everything we're needing later in the story is set up. Mm-hmm. All right. We open on a chair floating around with a sound effect. Now, I also still... Somebody figure out whether these effects are... How much they're altered in this Netflix version because I think they're okay. I think they're pretty good. That, I mean, it does look like that chair is really moving. <laughs> it's a model of the same kind of tractor beam our ship uses, with a few ideas of my own added. So that's your science project, huh? Wes, you're really something. And since the captain won't let me on the bridge, I use this to imagine I'm there. Take the helm, Mr. Crusher. Set a course for 37 Mark 180, warp 6. It's the captain's voice. It's pieced together from words he's used on the intercom. Now, this is a child who has access to a holodeck. Right. And what he chooses to do is build a tape recorder. Build a tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. he can imagine himself. And what's what's also interesting is Jordy is super impressed. Well, I mean, wouldn't <laughs> you be humor. if you were drunk? Now, I have a theory. Yeah, go ahead. And it's the second episode of the podcast. Yeah. So I don't want to alienate people because I know people love these. No, please. Love these characters. Present your theory. I don't want to say anything too inflammatory. Andy's theories. (laughs) Jordy's a pedophile. Whoa. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. Andy, we did not agree on a theory before you said that. And all... (laughs) Now we're on the same page? I mean, no. Listen, the theories of Andy Scunder do not necessarily reflect those of Matt Myron. Um, look, 
it's just a theory, people. I'm not saying he is. I'm just throwing it out there. He, everybody else had their their desires and everything. Everything's been all their Starfleet buttoned up crap has been stripped away. The first thing Jordy does is goes and visit the 15 year old boy. He's standing weirdly close to him in this well, scene. Well, I mean, it wasn't widescreen. You had to fit everything. I see. So you're saying it's just a blocking I'm issue. I'm saying it's 100% a blocking issue. The uh-huh. blocking on this show is bizarre. Oh, it weren't you allowed to frame it as wide as you could? I mean, they weren't locked into the framing. <laughs> I feel like it was like, someone give me a, give me a medium two. Uh-huh. That's it. No other coverage. I feel like you could have widened that a little bit. And then at the end of the scene, first of all, he he shows him two terrible inventions. And he's like, you're really something. Well, I mean, it'd be pretty impressive. And then at the end of the scene, and of course, this is just a function of the thing. So all I'm saying is the the evidence in front of us, he puts his hand on the back of his neck to go, ha ha, you're really doing it. And then if you could go to. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh. 12. We can jump back if you need to. No, no, we don't need to. When Tasha when finds Jordy uh, staring at the stars in 10, in ten forward. Oh, oh, also at the end of that scene, he goes, I'm just burning up inside. And he has to run out. Jordy. Lieutenant Yar in the observation lounge, send a team here now. Medical's been worried about you. Help me. Help me to not give in to the wild things coming into my mind. Jordy, my... Come on. <laughs> Something's happening here. What do you mean? I think that he's having <laughs> oh, some feelings. You're saying that's in reference to yeah, Wesley. Could be. I don't care for this theory. <laughs> but I can't argue with your evidence. I cannot argue with he's your evidence. He's talking about let me see things the way you do. Also, but I think no we know what the subtext the, is. No one on this ship is multifaceted. Uh-huh. Like, no one on the ship can do more than their job. That Which is, is illustrated totally by what except Tasha, for except for Troy. <laughs> what Tasha is saying here. Security. Tasha, please. My job is security. All right. All right, helping is more important. Jordy, how can I help you? Help me to see like you do. But you already see better than I can. I see more. But more isn't better jordy please put this i want to see in shallow dim beautiful human ways why aren't we playing that sound effect oh yeah where's the hissing you didn't want to run the dramatic moment he's touching her face there There we go there it is i guess i guess he didn't transfer the disease when he touched her cheekbones. He only touched it when he, he only transferred it when he touched her chin. That's when the sound. Uh, yeah, happens. I think the chin is probably the place where all diseases come into the body. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, uh, yeah. Go so, ahead. No. What What do you have next? Um, my next thing is uh, is until seventeen. So seventeen. Well, then next. I just want to play this part where they okay. find the. The, uh, the the data data is looking for. Okay. Provide more information, sir. Seeking an instance of someone showering in his or her clothing is. I know it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Why should anyone wish to expend his time in such a search? Correction, data. I should have said proverbial needle in a haystack. Uh, a human proverb, as in folklore, or an historical illusion, or tribal memory. Historical. That's it. I remember I was reading a history of all the past starships named Enterprise. Why? Enterprise history. He's into Aberrant it. behavior. 
medical cross-reference. Hey, Captain, I believe we have the answer to what happened over there. The Constitution-class Starship Enterprise, Captain James T. Kirk, commander. Similar conditions? They were monitoring a planet that was breaking up and not a collapsing stars in this case. But there were the same huge shifts in gravity. Which somehow resulted in complex strings of water molecules which acquired carbon from the body and acted... acted on the brain like alcohol. Data, download this information to medical immediately. Yes, sir. Downloading. Fascinating. The entire crew going out of control. Like intoxication, but worse. Judgment almost completely impaired. Until they found this formula barely in time. Must have been very dramatic for them. Sure. <laughs> it must have been stings galore. <laughs> uh, so we're into the second episode. First episode, Dr. McCoy is in it. Sure. Second episode, they're mentioning the Enterprise. Remember Star Trek people? <laughs> Member Star Trek? <laughs> Remember, Star Remember Trek. Captain, Mc- Captain Kirk? <laughs> uh, then Picard says snootful, which I right. have never heard in my life. I don't. Uh, th- that is, to me, one of the most kind of disconcerting things about this episode. And I guess it fits his character deeply. Yeah. But I'm a little confused on what the theme is in this episode. I'm a little confused on what the theme was even in Farpoint. And it sort of ends with him saying, just not to jump too far ahead, but I am jumping too far ahead, jumping to the very end, just like, well, I guess we're, uh, I think we have a fine crew if we avoid temptation. So he's like, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean. And so is the point, people, don't drink. Not don't drink and drive, just don't drink. Don't do anything. Maybe it's don't drink and drive a starship. Well, I guess that's valid. Because you don't want to crash that thing in the space dock. No, that is going to be Or a celestial body. Everyone's going to see that. Uh, okay, so the intoxication gets spread. Wesley has been touched by, uh, you know, we'll call him regular Geordie LaForge. Not pedophile Geordie LaForge <laughs> like Andy was. <laughs> I'm just theorizing and we see the chief Chief engineer engineer, report to the bridge so we we never see chief engineer shimoda report to medical we never see mcdougall again do we ever see shimoda i feel like we do the captain ordering you to medical which would leave no one here on duty the chief was just summoned to the bridge. What about me? I could call the chief on the bridge if anything happened. Seems like he would know that. Seems like any of the 14 people that were walking around in Starfleet uniforms could have covered. Fair enough. As, as opposed to the boy with as the opposed to the boy with the nineteen eighties sweater, the boy the boy <laughs> holding a tractor popping beam. up, yeah. Well, that also <laughs> is true. <laughs> I brought my tractor beam. You mind if I hang out here in the most uh, important <laughs> room in the ship? Let's see what happens. Reporting is ordered, sir. What? You ordered me to report to the bridge, sir. I did no such thing. I want you down in the engine room, just in case we need to move out of here. Uh, uh, 
Attention, all decks, all divisions. Effective immediately, I have handed over control of this vessel to Acting Captain Wesley Crusher. Acting Captain? Thank you, Captain Picard. Thank you. And with that order, dawns a brave new day for the Enterprise. <laughs> that's the big scene. I love the fucking, that's our Act 3 break. I love it, too. Oh, no. <laughs> Wesley's in charge. The worst thing I can imagine. They don't explain how Data can get infected, but he does get infected. That is very odd. He is an android. Correct. Now, is android, and what is the distinction between android and artificial life, artificial being? Is there any distinction? Artificial life form? Artificial life form? Well, he's sentient. I know he's sentient, but in terms of his physiological processes, like... Well, he, do, you know, he, 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 he ingests some he lube a- every once in a while <laughs> to make his biomechanical stuff function, uh-huh. you know? I mean, but he has that whole rap about having pores and having fingerprints and... yeah. Which is supposed to make us forget that he's an android and shouldn't be infected by whatever that is? I guess that's what I'm asking. Like, how much is he really... Like, to what degree was his design exactly like human beings? Well, I mean, his mother mother is designed, like, you know, incredibly so. She doesn't even know she's an android. I don't... I've never seen that episode. You'll get to it. All right. Spoiler alert. Data has a mother. (laughs) That's not going to be a surprise for me now. <laughs> you have to wait till season six. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there yeah. are six seasons of this show? There's seven. <laughs> I thought we were watching ten episodes. Oh, uh, okay. So everyone starts to get drunk, so everyone starts to behave like they're drunk. Matt is a little sick today, by the way. I don't, yeah, if you can't tell from he, my nasal he, passage. May I tell them that you've... Uh, sure. Matt quit smoking uh-huh. this week. He's going cold turkey. Uh-huh. As uh, uh, I will say, we were having a conversation the other day. Matt was being a little snippy with me. And I was like, you all right, buddy? And he said, I quit smoking. I was like, that's something to tell me at the top of the conversation. Uh, yeah. So, you know. I have a little pity for him. If you want him. to find him- out more about me quitting smoking, tune into this week's uh, Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Oh, okay. Well, that's a whole separate. That's why you were staying away from the topic. I see. We can only talk about parts of your life on this podcast. <laughs> that Dory. I'm cross-promoting. <laughs> it's what I do. Well, send your support to Matt Myra for his for his his smoking. If you'd like quitting. to send me some clove cigarettes, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. I just, you know. No, that's no, Don't do that. Wait, what? No, I think that's what they should do. Uh, everyone gets drunk. And the way that people act. Should we play? My... I don't know. What is I like the, the twenty three forty two is the next thing I have. Twenty three forty two. It's not that big, but I I like the wharf moment. I do like wharf in this episode. Body was shaped like a captain to security. Come in. So data does a limerick. Did I say something wrong? I don't understand their humor either. <laughs> I just really enjoyed a little swipe at the humans. Uh, one of the most famous scenes in all of Star Trek: Next Generation is. Uh, is Data and Tasha Yar, which is echoed in Star Trek First Contact. Captain Picard ordered me to escort you to sickbay, Lieutenant. Did he say when? I'm sure he meant now. 
What do you think of her Superman curl? So, you should get into uniform. But I got out of my uniform for you, Data. Do you know how old I was when I was abandoned? Chronological age? No. I'm afraid I am not familiar with... Five. Five years old. But I survived. This is the weirdest I learned how to stay let's get alive. in the mood talk I've ever heard in my life. How to avoid the rape gangs. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> rape, rape gangs? Before I escaped. I am sorry. I did not know. And what I want now is gentleness. And joy. And love. Data swallows you, hard. You are fully functional, aren't you? Of course, but... How fully? In every way, of course. I am programmed in multiple techniques. A broad variety of pleasuring. Oh, you jewel. That's exactly what I hoped. Yeah, so she basically says to him, Data, first of all, what happened to Tasha Yar? That is a very upsetting backstory. That's A. Then B, she basically, her, the way she hits on him, she says, Data, when I was five, I was hounded by rape gangs. I'd like you to treat me the opposite of a rape gang. Let's hit the bedroom. That is the progression of that. It's, it's bizarre. It's uh, not really thought out. It's poorly written. And we do get to find out that Data's got a dick. Oh, I... <laughs> Guess that is true, and he knows how to use it. Yeah, well, he's programmed as usual, maybe better than most humans. Oh, Data, you're so good at everything, especially being gentle. Better James Bonding crossover. (laughs) Everyone, check out what we think of those songs on the latest James Bonding podcast. I'm Matt Myra, your home for podcast needs. Has it ever been established what the rules are on Data smiling? No. Uh, I, as far as I've just decided over the years, until he gets the emotion chip, it's him. His smiling is social. It's a social program that is designed to make humans more comfortable. So when he does it, I think he does it just because he's like, oh, I've seen other humans do it in this situation. I'm going to do it. Right. But he does it. As in many cases, when like uh, like she's pulling him away, she's not looking at him, and he makes a little smile. Well, he wants to us. make her comfortable in case he looks back. In case she looks back. back. I see. Uh, um, Troy, uh, we don't have to go to this, but Troy calls Riker Bill. Billy Riker. <laughs> have other people called him Bill? I thought it was Will. Uh, if you're it is shorten. Will, but William is Bill, Billy. And it's also a term of endearment, so why not Imzadi is my oh, question. Oh, coming out of nowhere with your, with your Beta Z love-making knowledge. <laughs> hey, I watched the first episode. <laughs> I'm a long-time fan. <laughs> um, okay, let's, let's... All right, everyone gets infected. Let's just... The way that, the way that Riker infects Crusher. What? Yeah. This water carbon complex may induce the same symptoms, but somehow it's different. Maybe it's mutated. But I've got to isolate it in order to analyze We don't it. have that kind of time. You brought Deanna in. Yes, she's infected Then you with touched it. her. Oh, God, and you touched me. Wait, I've got to quarantine you. If I don't get the command computer back online soon, none of this, whatever this is, will matter. We'll all be dead. Whatever this is. What does he mean? 
none of this. Whatever this is. Does he think that he has a shot with Beverly? <laughs> Whatever's going on between us. I got to stop the ship from exploding so that I can come back and explore this situation. Whatever this is. They would have made a good couple. They would have made a lovely couple. He would have been a good dad to Wesley. <laughs> Um, yeah, the the uh, the transferring of the it's a very self contained episode, all happening on the Enterprise. Uh, they go over to the research vessel initially, but that's all they do. Were you hearing a buzz a little bit? I am too, but I, I part of me thinks that that's not coming through. Okay, we apologize if it is. It's not. I don't think it is. The last couple of times I've thrown these things together and edited them, edited did did them. Mm-hmm. It's been fine. Okay. Anyway, keep talking because people are interested in what I have to say, but I have nothing to say right now. Okay. I'm just kidding. Where are we up to? So, this, this bit of talk Captain, between Wesley and unusual readings now from the dwarf star. Picard is enjoyable. Wesley. Wes. In the long-standing tradition of Lieutenant want- Worf being dismissed by Picard, yeah. this is the most egregious one. Uh-huh. Done and I'll do it. Because ship captains control their own vessels, young man. But sir, you don't do it yourself. You give the orders, but somebody else does it. What's wrong with giving me the orders to do it? Captain, getting unusual readings now from the dwarf star. Stand by on that for a moment. <laughs> I don't know, Picard. I feel like you might want to hear out what you're fucking ops officer has to say about the dangerously <laughs> collapsing, collapsing star. star that is you know a hundred thousand meters off the bow of your ship i'm dealing with a child wolf not now <laughs> is it a little bit of uh of klingon racism i think so yeah it's bizarre i don't know why it happens it's very strange uh, is this when Crusher gets the hots for Picard and comes on up and is like, I need it bad? I got that at around 38-ish. I don't know if you want to go there or no, not. No, what do you have uh, next? Uh, my next full-out thing is is toward the end, 42-32. So, so why don't we hear a little bit of uh, a well coming in to see Beverly? Let's hear some of the drunk uh, engineering, which has been my favorite thing of this episode. Fair enough. That sonic driver. It's over there. Sonic screwdriver. Okay, let's see if this cuts out his tractor beam power. Oh, come on. It's like shades of Doogie Hauser in this. I must have an answer. Oh, yeah. She's getting all hot and bothered. Oh. All right, we're gonna we're gonna hear drunk data. Captain, tractor beam. We just locked onto the Tsiolkovsky. Captain to Wesley. Wesley Crusher, come in. Ah, good data. At least you're functioning fully, Captain. I can't tell if Data's just like programmed Data. to after he gets laid act like this. Is a human condition. <laughs> Your brain is different. It's not the same as we are more alike than unlike, my dear Captain. I have pores. 
Humans have pores. I have fingerprints. Humans have fingerprints. My chemical nutrients are like your blood. If you prick me, do I not leak? Yeah. It's so dumb. Is it dumb? Yeah, it is. Okay, well, you answered my question. Is it dumb or... <laughs> or, or what's the or? <laughs> or is it genius? How would it be um, It's not genius, but uh, mainly it's it's like, I guess here's my question looking forward in the series. Yeah. Does any of that add up with Data's physiology? Uh... Mm. The performance is definitely completely odd. No. Brent Spiner, are you kidding me? He doesn't play anything huge and weird and off. <laughs> um, it is... I mean, he does mention his... I, isn't he generally pretty... I mean, that's a that's a very demanding part in terms of you got to keep everything in this narrow this narrow range. I yeah, I think he has a good Pulled time it off it. pretty he's well. Great. He's great. Um, <laughs> he's also great as the villain in Master of Disguise, the Dana Carvey movie. <laughs> Did not see it. Uh, a lot of farting in that one. I'm sure it's really great. Okay, he's. he's he, I know his name he's is great Pistachio Disguise, and that that's yeah. the only thing I <laughs> I know about that film. Also, what I enjoy is the uh, his performances on Night Court. Brent Spiner, yeah, does some great great work on. Really, Night Court. I yeah. don't know that I saw those ones. Um, Brent's a good guy. Uh, okay, so drunk data. Everyone's drunk. Beverly's trying to get with Picard. Beverly has now infected Picard, and Picard's still trying to hold it together. Okay. Not now, Doctor. Please. <laughs> I love that they... <laughs> the little wave. Bridge to Riker. Urgent. Riker here. Sir, regret to inform you that the captain appears to be infected. And Data? Thank you, Lieutenant. I'm on my way. You'll have to handle this. Um, here's what I say. Yeah. I think... I know that uh, Will Wheaton, or maybe it's not Will Wheaton, maybe it's just Wesley, depending on who, who, you, who you pin the blame on. It's certainly in the dialogue. I pinned, pinned the blame entirely on the writers. The writers. So... Like that, that portrayal of him being uh, all all drunk was crazy. Um, I feel like uh, Gates McFadden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think feel like she did a pretty decent job. Of oh, so you're now running through and grading who you think is the most uh, who you think is the best drunk. Uh, who like given this task? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, I think. Uh, Riker obviously just plays it straight, but I feel like he that's a masterful job. A lot of the rest of the time he, you know, at least I don't know, I'm talking to the first episode, he's smiling, he's you know, it's tough yeah. to pilot. Um Jordy is weird. Yeah. And um and uh I feel like Picard is like what kind of drunk person he does the little hop when he comes in. Yeah, he he. Oh, and, I think because he always thinks he's hopping because he's constantly hoping to be getting laid. Is is that what it is? Yeah. Where is he's hopping around when he goes back down to sick bay after this? The, can you go just before the um when when Beverly is sitting on his desk? Yeah, sure. Um, 
um, in a sultry way. And, uh, and then she crosses way. the room to see him, to talk to him real close, like right before that moment. Because he makes this weird sound. Oh, God. Would this I like Yes, he does you. make such a weird sound. Doctor, there must be a cure, some formula. <laughs> Some so, of the old. what is that? What's how does that tie into the drunkenness? <laughs> it's very. I I when I watched that I rewound it because I was like, what did that just happen? What was that sound? Was it bleed over? Was there an open mic in the in from the crew? What happened? Is it possible? That Patrick Stewart has never been drunk? He couldn't be. He's from the theater. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's from the theater and he's English. He's English. I only have 5% of my battery left on this computer. Dude, we're never going to make it. Oh, my God. Oh, see, this Hold it together. Hold st- it together. And I wish we had a sting. Do you want me to, do you want to pause? Do you want to, do you want to vamp while I get you a uh, plug-in? Battery problem solved. Andy, we've switched to secondary power. We've rerouted main power through the secondary coupling. Am I the battle bridge? You are the secondary coupling, I which pro- is very important because anytime there's a potentially a warp core breach, that's what they do. But aren't you like the saucer? Cool and I'm cool and Lake. The I'm the I'm the battle bridge. I'm the rest of the ship with all the weapons and the warp and everything. <laughs> and the warp. <laughs> yes, Andy. Fine. And the nacelles are you're on. In the, you're the star drive <laughs> section of the ship. Congratulations. Yes. So uh, my next thing um, was after it's all, they get away, mm-hmm. um, and Data's putting the chips in, and uh, Wesley comes up with the tractor beam, um, there's this moment. Captain, something seemed to move us aside at the last minute. Do we owe our thanks to Commander Data, sir? Yes, and Wesley may have given us a few seconds, too. Did he say Wesley? The boy? He said Wesley. What? What is... Worf got beef with Wesley already? The boy. (laughs) What is he so angry about? Does Wesley... Do you think... Or maybe it's just like, they won't even take my suggestions about the collapsing star and they're listening to a 15-year-old? It is crazy that they he ignored Worf completely. Um... So they have to rework the cure. The cure that, that, that Beverly finds in the ship's computer from the original Enterprise is not working for some reason. So she decides to make a less focused cure, and that somehow works. Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, I, I guess it's a wider thing. She definitely makes adjustments to McCoy's original. I mean, I don't understand why you'd have to do that, because well, Dr. McCoy is perfect. Because you have to extend the plot. Oh, very true. To make the episode last longer. Um, all right. So, point is, everyone's drunk. They also, have to, you have ships. to illustrate that Doctor Crusher can is her is uh, you know a, a brilliant uh, first medical officer in her own right. Right. So she didn't just follow McCoy. She did her own thing. Meanwhile, once they get the force field down that that Wesley Crusher has built with his reverse tiny tractor beam. They have to get control of the ship's computer, but they can't because the isolator chips have been taken out and the assistant chief engineer has invented Jenga. <laughs> it's true. He really does invent really Jenga. Does. It's, it's fascinating. Very Jenga-ish. Uh, Star Trek invented so many so things. There's so many isolator chips on the ground, and it's going to take, again, this chief engineer, I can tell why she was let go. Mm. 
everything's going to take hours. She does say, it's a classic, and this drives me crazy in all situations. Yeah. It's a classic, and nah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic, I'm not even going to try. Right, yeah. Although I guess Scotty had his, his, it's like, I can't do that, is, was his classic thing. No, he'd be like, you can't, Captain. And while he's saying you can't, Captain, he's, he's trying. Thinking, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna Whereas it out. seems like this chief engineer, <laughs> she's definitely giving she's up. She's like, meh, meh, <laughs> right, meh. I wonder why they didn't. It's very interesting to see uh, writers figure out a series as they're writing the series. Yeah, because it seems so obvious that you got your money on Jordy. Mm-hmm. He's clearly one of the more interesting characters. Um, why not? Why not make him? He becomes chief engineer, correct? Yes, he does become chief engineer. Season two, I think. So why not Why not just make him chief engineer right off the bat? Why have these other characters that you're not invested in? Unless they thought that McDougal and Shimoda were going to become like fan favorites. The original script was written the 12th of May, 1967. Really? <laughs> it was called Revelations as a planned sequel to The Naked Time. The first draft of this script was from the 27th of April, 1987, and it was called The Naked Now. It was filmed in July of 1987 and premiered on the 5th of October, 1987. Hmm. The plot of this episode is based on the original series episode, The Naked Time. Uh, Like that episode, this was intended by Gene Robinson. Roddenberry to serve as a means to quickly introduce the wants and needs of new characters. Well, what? okay, so you get to see that that Wesley really wants to be on the bridge, right? Jordy really wants to be with Wesley. <laughs> that's that's a theory. I'm not saying that's what it is. Uh, Data wants to be what? I guess Data wants to be human. I I don't know. Data wants to get down. And then uh, Riker. Tasha feels very restricted in her post. Yes. Uh, She wants to. I don't. I've learned nothing. I've learned nothing. Well, I guess Crusher Crusher wants Picard. Right. Oh, we didn't. We also didn't address that scene where she apparently being drunk. And I certainly have. You know, I know a lot of people do act like jerks when they're drunk, but uh, she bursts into, Tasha bursts into Troy's quarters, starts going through her clothes. It's crazy. And, uh, and uh, but she wants to dress pretty. Oh, she also says, can I ask you this? Yeah. Well, not, I don't know if you'll have an answer to this. She's kind of passive aggressive with the dresses and Troy's, Troy's, by the way, Pesco too. Like, I don't think it's you. She's like, "Can I yeah. borrow this?" I don't think it's you. And then she's like, "I'll just get them from the ship's stores." Does she mean like, like the supplies on the ship, or is there like a no, Starfleet? I think, she, anthro- I think she means there's a mall, like a Starfleet anthropology she, on the ship. And yeah, I'm gonna. I think she means she's gonna head down to deck seven where the Starfleet mall is. I wonder. I wonder who those people are in deep space. Manning a retail job. This episode, I gotta tell you, it's insane. This episode takes place eight years, seven months, and 16 days before Star Trek First Contact. Really? We know that because that's what Data says the last time he got it on. Oh, nice. Uh, It's the first time Captain Oh, hey, spoiler! He doesn't hook up again? Oh, sorry, buddy. Oh, uh, this poor is the Data. first time Captain James T. Kirk is referred to by name in the new Star Trek series. Nice. 
Although literature for many years had referred to the original Enterprise as a constitution class, this was the first episodes in any series that actually used it in its dialogue. Thus, making it canon for the very first time. It's a nice name for the for the class. Even though... Better than Oberth. That's true. The TOS reference is made, the refit configuration appears on the screen. In the Blu-ray restoration... It has been corrected to the original model of the ship. Ah, so, in so the we're, version, watching, we're watching the Blu-ray version of it. Because that was the original ship. What but was it, it originally? Flash by. It was the Enterprise refit, the Enterprise A. Oh. Oh, that is, that is deep, deep nerd lore. I love it. This is, all, this is all stuff from the greatest website ever made, Memory Alpha. Yeah. Memory-alpha.wikia.com. This is the only episode of the series where Picard refers to Beverly Crusher as Bev. I noticed that. I thought it was adorbs. <laughs> uh, Deanna Troy debuts her dark casual attire in this episode, which she wore during the rest of the first season. Hmm. She never wears that uniform again. It's insane that she doesn't wear a uniform. I'm, I, that's, that, that's the greatest thing to come out of the Captain Edward Jellicoe's turn at the helm of the Enterprise when he makes her wear a uniform. Hmm. All stuff you'll see eventually. I don't know what that this is. This is one of the it few like that's interesting. early episodes where Will Riker is referred to as Bill. Ha I noted it. <laughs> this is one of three <laughs> episodes. Minor victory for Andrew Secunda. <laughs> this is one of three episodes where Picard is seen occupying the first officer's chair instead of the command chair. Also, oh. Data is sitting back there with him. Yeah, Data's slumped over slumped on the over. corner. Right. Data, well, Data's third. Ben Spiner, you know, Data's, very commanding pratfall in this episode. He's a very good physical comedy. Yeah. Data's third in command. You know that, right? I don't know that I knew that. That is, that's very strange that they would trust an android before they would trust a Klingon. Well, I mean, Data, it's, it's Frank. Data's the chief of operations. He's is it established how long Data has been in Starfleet? before yes 17 years oh so oh he's had a long yeah and proud history he's had a good career for someone who doesn't doesn't understand the word snoop okay i'm gonna read this this is more more facts from but i guess before we go to the reception of how this episode was received it's unless there's anything else you want to cover from this episode it's going to be time to see how many andes we give it (laughs) <laughs> we're sticking with Andes, huh? <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like we want to explore outward. And uh, by the way, if you have suggestions of other, yeah, if you have suggestions of what we should, how, what units we should rate the episodes on, someone out there suggested uh, a scale of warp one through nine, uh-huh. which I liked. That must have been used on some. Well, one of the uh, one, one of the hundred other Star Trek podcasts. What inspired me and made me go, okay, I can do this, was the fact that there's 500 Westworld podcasts. And I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) Sure. I'll just do a Star Trek podcast. I want to do a Star Trek podcast. Want to do it forever. He did. It was really his dream. Well, one of his dreams. One of my many dreams. My other dream is to be friends with Wesley Crusher. Uh, the actual Jordy's. Wesley Crutcher or the Will character? We, right. Will, I'm already, You're friends, already with. friends with. Not as satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have the same wants and desires as Jordy LaForge. Oh, well, I see. 
Um, so uh, if you uh, if you want to send your suggestions to us, uh, make oh my god, we have an email, everybody. We have an email: sttncpod. Sttncpod. Star Trek: The Next Conversation. Sttncpod at gmail.com. Or you can write us. Uh, you can uh, throw a few thoughts out to us at uh, at Star Trek TNC um, uh, at Twitter. Yeah, there you go. You can tweet us at Star Trek TNC. And a couple of people have already. I don't a couple know if people I'm have tweeted at us. Oh well, um, I mean, this is this is customer feedback time. Yeah, where we want to be talking about your how many Andes you gave this. By the way, if you have any overall thoughts on the structure or the or the, or segments you'd like or anything else, if you think we're playing too many clips, if you think Andy's not being funny enough, please right. let us know. Sure, I don't. You know, I mean, I think there's just so much like data that can only lift so much, so many tons of weight. Uh, so there's just so far I can go. Do but, you want to go through the email or do you want to rate this and then go through the? Email? You know what you're right i'm getting ahead of myself this yeah, is the superior you are getting out of control this is the, the superior experience you're careening so, this is my first official podcast so so cut me some slack all right back off you actually everyone's been delightfully supportive and nice and we've had very nice great nice feedback on online uh what would help us out at, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself aha uh-huh. we'll go ahead and yeah all right. So, uh, my, how many Andes are you going to give? This? Okay. Well, here's now. I give my thoughts first. This is and episode then I two. It's early, early so we're right. stuck. We're stuck with Andes so, until um, someone comes up with something enough. better. <laughs> yeah. Overall thoughts on the episode. Um, so, as I said at the top, I think yeah. like based on the slowness of the pilot, I thought it kept moving. I thought they balanced between. It's very obviously crazily comedic episode, but I thought they balanced between going back and forth between the comedy and the crisis pretty handily. Um, I thought it was a good ticking clock. You got the collapsing star, um, uh, good traumatic, dramatic tension. And I would say that the characterizations were actually solid. I think that wow. it's interesting that all the, th- I agree with all of the critiques yeah. that some of those moments and like Picard hopping and, and data's, you know, but it dug into the characterizations in a way that I really appreciated. Although it did do the weird thing of which, you know, they would, most people, most professional writers, TV writers would say, don't break from character that early. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're so, part of the thing that put me off of the series originally was that it was so, the Starfleet et- ethic is so prevalent in this series of just very buttoned up and. Yeah. And uh, and professional to the point where, like the original series, I looking but comparing the the original series of this, like they were total weird renegade cowboys. Kirk is giving giant dramatic speeches and yeah, and 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 fucking everybody. He's and, a Lothario, and and, and boy is down home doc who just wants to teach the green blooded Vulcan about humanity just flying off the handle and even Spock is is like he's totally logical but he's very argumentative right so um I don't know I liked them digging into it uh upsetting as Tasha Yar's backstory is I like hearing a little bit of incredibly that incredibly upsetting um and um I don't know I uh I dug it oh and the last thing I will say Whoa. um I liked that you really saw because Picard is very light in terms of what he does in this episode. Yeah, 
I like that you saw the crew working together and like, oh, well, let's, you know, use data to put in all the chips and then Wesley's going to do the, yeah. the tractor beam thing. And meanwhile, Riker is taking his proper second in command place to, to when, when, yeah. when. So I like that we see them working as a crew. I give it a seven. This is insane. I you know. gave it seven out of ten Andes? I give it seven out of ten Andes. That is crazy. I think all my arguments are... Oh, and Beverly synthesizes the antidote. So. This episode is really, as a, as a longtime fan, I'm looking at it as someone who knows the entire canon of Star Trek. Right. And who, you know, I'm looking at it from a more advantageous place than the writers of the show were looking at it because this is only the second episode of the show. Right. They didn't know what the characters would become or or what the series would become. So they were writing uh, at a handicap from where I'm coming at watching it. Yeah. Um, that being said, I find the pacing to be, I find there not to be enough story in this episode. Interesting. I find it to be, the story is, there's a disease that killed this other ship. Right. Now we have it. We have to find a cure. Right. We found the cure. Well, those are the that's the the that's setup the and resolution, sure, but you're ignoring sure. the collapsing star. You always ignore a collapsing star because you can always the, warp away from the it. The detective work, you're ignoring uh There's no the, detective work. What I'm ignoring is I remember reading something about someone showering with uh, a their lot of googling. On. He had to google for hours. I mean, that was a little ridiculous. Um I think you're ignoring the exploration of the subplots, the the, you know, uh um data Experiencing uh, sexuality for the first time. And, it's 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 nonsense. And and Jordy grappling with his sexuality and his strange drives. I that's... will say it's nonsense, but it's not unwatchable. And because it's not unwatchable, I'm giving it a four Andes. Oh. Four out of ten Andes. You came up higher than I thought. I think I convinced you a little bit. No, I'm getting. All, He's not going to admit it. Rewatchability-wise, I give it four out of... That's how I rate things on how many times I can watch it. I will say... That's why episodes like Booby Trap get like 10 Andes. Sorry to spoil things that happened in season three. but <laughs> I will say um, I didn't... The, even Strangely, because I just gave it a seven, I... A lot of these things were were burned in my memory as things that were insane when I first saw them so, and, and probably put me off the series. So it's very conflicted because I don't know if I'm looking at it with older eyes or Okay, what? ready? Here's the reception from Memory Alpha. According to Will Wheaton, Jonathan Frake sharply criticized the episode, going so far as to calling it the worst segment of Star Trek The Next Generation he did, saying he felt totally ashamed by it. However... While recalling the first season at a time near the end of the series, Frakes noted how much gr how much greater the chances the writers took in the show than they did at the end of the series. In contrasting Skin of Evil, which he described as absurd and one of the Miss Season's misses, he described this episode as great. In as far as it being, quote, the episode which we've never done anything quite like where everyone totally got drunk and horny. That was risky. <laughs> in a 2006 review will wheaton gave the episode a d plus he concluded the naked now has some genuinely funny moments but it was only the second time the audiences had seen us and this episode was not the best way to introduce the audience to the new show and the new cast especially when we all knew we were standing on the shoulders of giants what do you think of that I think it's you know valid uh, possibly I haven't seen the uh, the complete all right 
Original series cast member George Takei said in his autobiography mm-hmm. that he thought the this episode was a total copy of one of the best original series episodes. It was unoriginal, and it was like seeing young children putting on their parents' clothes and trying to act like grown-ups. <laughs> that is harsh. That is rough. George Takei. <laughs> Maurice Hurley commented, That to me represented, don't we have a new idea? I didn't like that show at all. It just wasn't very good. What it did show, though, was that the new ensemble could interact and that there was some relationship between them at work. But doing it was terrible. It was a warmed over premise. Well, that much I can't deny. Why it definitely, do it? they took the original premise in the second episode, the original series premise, and I don't, they didn't explore enough outward. They sort of used it to explore these characters more, right. but they didn't use it to put enough changes on it the way. In 2012, director Paul Lynch stated that this episode was the favorite of the five that he directed. Were the other ones he directed bad? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I would say The Naked Now is slightly more adult and much more comic. In this, it is much more of a character change the way romance and strangeness is... The way of romance and strangeness leading to humor. Everybody in the show is affected by it in different ways, but not that dissimilar. For instance, while one person might be affected by becoming amorous in a lighter sense, it's all quite subtle. Okay. Uh, And... Yeah, that's it. That's the reactions and the reception of the episode. Guys, I gotta tell you. Make it now. Four, you give it a seven. That makes our average (laughs) 5.75 Andes. Is that accurate? No. (laughs) Not great at math. You're no data, sir. Now I'm no data. So... Andy, what you're telling me is we have gotten some some comments, yes. questions. No, I don't. Comments? I didn't write down the the uh, congratulatory ones. Should I? No, I feel yeah, like that's just reading that. your that's rave. Just like saying Although, thanks. but honestly, we really appreciate it. Or I can't speak for Matt. I appreciate if you want to rave about us, the best place to do it that helps us the most is to do it on iTunes. If you could give us a nice rating and review on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. We only have two ratings right now, both of which are five stars, which is great. But we need more ratings. We were number 10 in TV and film podcasts this mm-hmm. week. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. You did tell me that. That's amazing. The only thing beating us was uh, two Bachelor podcasts, two Star Wars podcasts, <laughs> and Not gonna beat some Star other Wars. stuff. I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? We could beat Star Wars. You think so? Yeah. Oh, While there's do it. no movie coming out, yes. But Fans. Bachelor, we're not going to we're not going to beat the Bachelor. Fan, well, that's fine. Fans of the podcast, please help us rally. Yeah. Uh, tweet, even, tweet, uh, t- uh, not tweet, but write a review on iTunes and rate us. We appreciate that. Helps, I'm helps Star a Wars. Lot. I'm a Star Wars fan, and those fan, those are. podcasts sound very interesting. <laughs> Someday, did you watch Carrie Fisher last night? They replayed her Saturday Night Live on NBC. Oh no, it was great. Oh, I, I assume it's taped. Um, do we still say taped? <laughs> Recorded? I think so. It's right. DVR'd. Such an old man. Um. Um, the uh, one of the thoughts was from Liz DeCoster, and mm-hmm. it was, uh, should I be reading their name <laughs> to the interverse? Yeah. Okay. She put it out on Twitter, right? Exactly. Are you guys using a nitpicker's guide or other print reference materials? Hashtag so curious. No, we are not. The only thing, well, this episode we used the Memory Alpha as reference. I just prod through. The rest of the, sh- the show is done with the nitpicker's guide that is deep in my cerebral cortex. Right. I am a born nitpicker. 
Right. I guess I am too, unless it's been your influence. Um, Matthew Gledhill says, as the show progresses, let's talk about how in- inconsistent Troy's accent is. Is she Russian? It is, is she crazy. Not? She does lose and gain her accent. I will keep over an eye the years. out. By season that. four, she has. She's just a British person. <laughs> um, and um, I'm trying to see, I should have organized this more. I see Dory is. Oh wait, that's in response to something. That's in response to Mark Kushner. Oh okay. So should I read that or is that not relevant? Sure. Uh, Mark Kushner says, perfect four hours watching two hours <laughs> of TNG and then listening to Matt Myra and Sekunda talk about it for two hours. <laughs> and then Dory says, oh, you're deep. You're in deep, aren't you? <laughs> um, and, oh, I'm not organized. I promise that will be. You don't have to give me a note about this, folks. I will be more. Let's give Andy a note about how disorganized he is, guys. I, I, I get it. I'm ashamed of it. He's ashamed of it. Yeah. Um. So here's the deal. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to email us. It's going to be the best way to get in touch with us, and we'll read your email on the show. It is sttnc at tncpod at gmail.com sttncpod at gmail.com you can tweet us i'm at matt myra m-a-t-t-m-i-r-a you can tweet the show at sttnc the twitter yeah uh at star trek tnc at star trek tnc and of course please tell andy to get more organized you can do that <laughs> at secunda just you're just using this to attack me online <laughs> <laughs> although frankly maybe i could use the reminders to get more organized in general yeah mm-hmm. every once in a while just 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 poke them a little bit uh, that so. is gonna be so painful <laughs> just every once in a while oh what who's tweeting at me today get more organized oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> the internet is nagging me uh that's yeah that that's that's it right we, we yeah. we've talked about it i hope you guys agree with share your opinions i'd like to know how many andys you'd give this episode oh good thank you not of the podcast this episode of star trek right i am sure that i would not be happy with how many andys you're giving this podcast <laughs> and i as i said would be confused because if you give me a lot of andys that feels good but you give me not that many andys but I'm Andy. How can you not give me that many Andys? It's a very confusing system. Uh, I uh, I would just like to say I really appreciated uh, the positivity. And uh, well, there you go. Tune in uh, next week, guys, for Code of Honor. Code of Honor. Code of Honor. That happens on Star Date four one two three five point two five. Nice. <laughs> so many Star Dates. All right, guys. We'll be back next week. For more Star Trekking! Mm.